welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Tuesday afternoon in Los Angeles. If you're watching us on YouTube, and you certainly can on ESPN's YouTube channel, you'll see that we're sitting right in front of the Staples Center here in L- Oh! Uh. Violation. Crypto.com Arena. Good fix. Yeah. Kawhi's house. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That uh, that hit my guy right here, Dave McMenamin, who's our LA-based reporter. There we go. Lakers. And you've been unbanned from after the Eastern Conference yesterday. Uh, you've been unbanned to talk about the West Band McMahon. Howdy, partners. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday. I have no idea what's going to happen in the next couple of days before this run. So just know that because mm-hmm. there could be some maneuvers this week. Um, Lakers fans have been, some Lakers fans, Dave, have been hoping for our maneuver. Mm. Um, the roster they've put together is very interesting, which we'll talk about in a second. But we're going to start off with the team you've also covered quite a bit, the Phoenix Suns. The, the, um, uh, the team that was the number one overall seed in the West last year and obviously had a uh, very surprising second-round exit. Um, the Suns have had a lot of stuff happen off of the court in the last uh, few days. We're going to focus on what's going on on the court. Um, the Suns have essentially the same core team that they had last year. Um, they bring back Dario Saric, who missed all last year with an ACL, but they have the same core. They did lose JaVale McGee to the uh, Mavericks. Um, they won 62 games, I think, last year? 64. 64. Mm-hmm. Um, they were one of the best clutch teams in NBA history. Chris Paul and Devin Booker were absolutely devastating in the clutch. Um, Monty Williams was coach of the year. I, having been around them quite a bit in the um, regular season and in the playoffs, thought they had the look of a championship team. Very surprised the way it ended. Um, Dave, the Suns this year, regardless of the Robert Sarver situation, have sky-high expectations. Their biggest situation in the offseason was matching an offer sheet for DeAndre Ayton um, and then flirting with a Kevin Durant trade, but I don't think they ever got close. And so the Suns are a team that um, we're all going to be taking, uh, keeping a very close eye on. Right. There's two dirty words in the NBA that I can say on this podcast without getting bleeped, and those are front runner. And that is the reputation that this Suns team has now picked up. I think it's one word, but it's a good point. Is it? Yeah. Front runner? Mm-hmm. No hyphen? Nothing? I mean, you should know. Syracuse. <laughs> wow, there we go. No, that's not what he was getting at. He wasn't getting at the at the education. Oh, he was getting at the reputation. Oh, but, man. So, that went over my head. <laughs> they, by virtue of going up 2-0 in the finals in 2021 yeah, and yeah. getting swept. And, and now, they believed if, you know, if certain circumstances that they, 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 they were sore last year, they didn't win it. They thought they should have won. Yeah, and okay. they came into the postseason as the team – I talked to people all, all around mm-hmm. the league, and it was like the Suns are here, and then there's a formidable gap between the next competition, whether it be East or West. But listen, not only did they lose that series, they got drudged. They absolutely got destroyed. Tim and I were there on mm-hmm. press row, slack jaw, watching the Mavericks. And guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, who has barely been an NBA player over the last couple of years because of injury, just smack him up and down the court. Well, and, 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 they, but and they talked a lot of trash, that's did what a it lot is. of strutting, and Luca absolutely he punked them. Yes. When it's twenty-seven, Luca twenty-seven, Suns twenty-seven and a halftime. Man, 
And the rest it's, of the Mavs have chipped in 30. I had covered Celtics-Bucks uh, game seven that day. So I'm in the arena. I'm working in the locker room. And I come out, and I look at that score in the first quarter, and I was stunned. It was an absolute no-show by the Suns. And we've talked about this before. A loss like that lingers. It hovers like a black cloud. I don't think it's just as forget all the Robert Sarver mess. There's a lot of bad mojo hovering over the Suns. Was all offseason with the Aiton situation and just the way to be that close to a championship. Right? I, I go back to the, uh, to the, to the Mavs. They lost in the finals after being up 2-0. Yeah. Right? Came back, best record in the league. They got spanked in the first round by the Warriors, and it took a regime change and you know a whole lot of things for that franchise. To I, I've seen back. it go both ways. Like I remember going to media day with the with the um, Spurs after the Spurs blew that finals against the Heat, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, "Boy, I'm going to have to ask them about the finals, and it's not going to be fun, and they don't want to talk about it." They talked about it, they embraced it, and they were. So focused that whole season and came back and stomped the heat. They but were, that was a core of champions. You're right. You are right. But this team has character players. Of course they and do. And can hide competitors. But as brilliant as Chris Paul has been, you look at the last four games of that series for him in the second round, shooting low, around 40%. He wasn't right. Under, I, I think we can say he wasn't under 10 right. points per game, of course. How, but, how old is he? 37, yeah. year 18. So how often is he going to be right? Well, let me just say this. Let me just say this. There's some theories about why he wasn't right. Let's just push all that aside and say Chris Paul wasn't right. The rest of their team absolutely did not answer the challenge. No. DeAndre Ayton couldn't be played in Game 7 because Monty Williams didn't feel like he had the fight in him that was requisite for the moment. Yeah, he was benched. Devin Booker goes 9 for 31 combined in games mm-hmm. 6 and 7. He's supposed to be the but, ascendant number And he has been. Booker has been a killer elite. in closeout yeah. games earlier in his career. Oh, yeah. I, mean, well, I covered well, game the, 6 the, in the, L.A. The previous year, earlier in his career, he was watching him on the couch. Well, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I, mean year, I agree the track record isn't uh, 10 years long. But, yeah. but, I mean, I did not, ex- I did not expect – I expected Booker to rise to the occasion. He has risen yeah. to the occasion before. So to me, you know, they're fascinating because you thought they were knocking on the door of something mm-hmm. incredible, and now you wonder if they become and also ran what if they become the Thunder of twenty, you know, the early two thousand tens. They become the Clippers of the, the mid two thousand tens. You know, that that just never got there. Well, this even is though you Monty thought they Williams' were supposed job. To be there. Monty Williams' job is not to let that happen. He got a big contract extension in the off season. Um, that's Devin Booker's job. Um, that's Chris Paul's job. Um, and, you know, they have to recognize that they, that maybe they shouldn't rely so much on Chris. I mean, the thing about their 64 wins is, you know, maybe you could argue, I've said this before, that if you played that season out three times, maybe the cl- all that great clutch play isn't right. really sustainable. Maybe they were maybe a 58-win, 59-win team sure. masquerading. But, and there is some – I've seen some um, – some projections out there, some some analytics projections that have them, you know, down the list a little bit. Um, what I will say about them is, and if you listen to our East Coast podcast, I've been talking about this, or our Eastern Conference, I keep saying coast. Um, I look at teams and I look at their ability to improve. And the Suns have assets. They, ha- they own all of their picks going forward, all their firsts. I think they own all their seconds. 
Um, and they have some pieces on the roster they can trade. Um, I t I've talked this week about how Jay Crowder is an available mm -hmm. trade piece. Uh, Cam Johnson is coming into Alpha's third year. He's extension eligible. We'll see if that gets done. I think there's a good chance it will. I get it, get it done when the guy's got to sign the checks. Can't have any say in it. That's true. Uh, although the Suns are spending. They are in the tax for the first time in 12 years. So that must be noted. I mean, we're not going to talk about the guy signing the checks, but um, that is they gave him the clearance to do that. Um, can't trade Aiton. Can't until, trade Aiton. What is that? Uh, until January? January 15th, but he has a full year with having say he can veto any trade. That's right. Yeah, but you know what? I don't know how many trades he would veto because I don't know how ecstatic DeAndre Aiton is about being in Phoenix where he was essentially scapegoated in a game seven where the All-Stars no-showed, somehow DeAndre Ayton was a scapegoat. I think you're both bringing up good points. I think the the trade restriction is important to recognize, and I think it's also important to recognize there was some damage there, and we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah. Um, there needs to be some, some healing in the relationship between the head coach and the big man, who to DeAndre Ayton's credit, he's a number one overall pick who bought in and did, you know, he became – a great screener. He became a guy who was locked in as a defensive anchor. He did all the I dirty work. I will say this, knowing DeAndre a little bit, guys have yelled at him his whole career. Like I say yelled at him, they just, they've treated yeah. him as like, you know, this, you know, kind of the in the moment scapegoat. Chris mm -hmm. Paul's yelled at him, Monty's yelled at him, and he's always, for the most part, been willing to listen and try to take something on, but he doesn't get beat down at least at least outwardly i I, and I think some of it is his you know he's bahamanian he's sort of easygoing he's like okay all right man okay i got it and that's sometimes why they yell at him that's also sometimes why he's able to let it roll off his back so I, there I, I think there's a chance that it could roll off his back but here's an interesting alchemy sorry to interrupt alchemy. you have planka loves that <laughs> it is a great book i will yeah. say it's one of my favorites you have Chris Paul is 37, DeAndre is what, 22, 23, mm -hmm. Devin Booker, 25, but seems to be an old soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, you got to line up these players at the same stage of their career, the same uh, money security in the bank, the same uh, willingness to be in it and sacrifice for one another. That's the question mark for me. Are they synced up here and in I their And I thought, leaders? Dave, I thought they were last year. Yeah. I did too. I, did too. <laughs> I, I, I felt like, I mean, like, you know, look, sometimes you don't win. Sometimes I just like this is a, I just did not see them having that type of collapse. To, to lose four out of five and just get historically humiliated <sighs> on their home floor. But, you know, there were some signs of trouble in that first round series against New Orleans, which yep. I covered. Yeah, so. I, I kind of wrote that off as, hey, Booker was out most of that series. So did but, I, right. Mm -hmm. they, so did I. There were signs. Yeah, so we'll see. They have potential to improve. I do think Cam Johnson's role will expand this year. Mm -hmm. um, Bridges definitely has room to grow, and he's already a, I, a heck Look, of a I am, it's not exactly a hot take. I think, I think both Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson have more to give. Yep. The problem is not a problem, but they're really good in their roles and they have stars on their roster. Right. I'm not saying you do that, but um, there was this five game stretch last year where um, Chris Paul was out with the, with the uh, wrist injury mm -hmm. or the thumb injury and um, uh, Booker had COVID mm -hmm. and they, they sort of ran stuff through Cam and, and, and Bridges and they were great. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, like, you know, you give any team, you give guys shots, they're going to look better. But, like, there was this stretch. Like, Cam Johnson was awesome in that stretch. So, we'll see. Um, all right, the Lakers. Um, 
<laughs> I, I, I um, good luck. You you presented on NBA Today. You were you were on today with me, and you presented a case for how this roster would work. And I'm and I'm going to speak for you here. I don't think you're advocating for this mm-hmm. case, but you're reporting the way the Lakers see it. Can you or spin it? I don't. I still wonder if this is going to be what the Lakers roster looks like in 48 hours, 480 hours, four weeks. But um, please tell me how you think okay, the Lakers. So can look you at got this. LeBron and Anthony Davis as your guaranteed starters, and you hope for health after both of them really not playing the requisite amount of games to have them mm-hmm. look like a contender the last two seasons coming off the bubble. What positions are they playing? Most of the time, you have LeBron at the three, but he can play some point. Most of the time, you have Anthony Davis at the four, but a significant amount of time would also have him at the five, including at the end of games, Mm -hmm. because that's where you get that true advantage in terms of you pull the other center off and you can do all sorts of stuff defensively. He can guard the perimeter. Now, your starting center is going to be either Thomas Bryant or Damian Jones, most likely, for uh, you know opening night. Uh, we don't know about Russell Westbrook. Da- uh, Darvin let's just, Ham. For the sake of this podcast, let's assume that he is on the roster. Well, okay, even so, we still don't know about Ryan. We don't know if he's coming off the bench or not. He, okay. Darvin Ham told our Mark Spears that he's going to start. That may be his intention, but I'm not so sure how long that will last if that does occur. Okay. You have Patrick Beverly, who was brought in, who has a history of uh, cantankerous interactions with Russell Westbrook. And he's but also I will say a this about guy. Beverly. Beverly does make the best of his situation. Beverly helps teams win. Yeah, he makes the best of his situation. He sometimes says things that are absolutely ridiculous, and I have told him such on national television. <laughs> but I will say this about Bev. Regardless of what you think about him, his track record is that he does help his teams. And so he's a hell of a role so player. They want him to help their team, not as a point guard necessarily, because they want to have his wing defense be a primary thing he brings to the table along with shooting, because mm-hmm. they did not address shooting whatsoever, which you said quite adroitly on NBA Today on Tuesday. So it's a Syracuse <laughs> I'm telling you. It's like a vocabulary lesson here. And so you don't have him as a point guard. You Last year you signed Kendrick Nunn. He was, as out of all their terrible offseason signings last year, he was the worst one because he played zero games. That's right. As he's trying to get back into shape, trying he's to get actually, his confidence back. He's actually, of these guards that you're talking about, he's their Historically, the best shooter of all of them, but he's not. There you go. But guess what? They they brought him in originally thinking this guy can play combo, play some point, play shooting guard. Right now, I'm told that what he has to do is get his confidence back, and they want him to do that through scoring the basketball. Don't worry about the point guard duties. Okay. Get get your mojo. So, what you're you're painting a picture of is that Westbrook at point, Beverly coming off the bench, playing both backup point and wing defender, and. Kendrick Nunn as starting two? No, I still think Kendrick Nunn will be coming off the bench. You have okay. Austin Reeves potentially as okay. a starting two. And we haven't mentioned Dennis Schroeder, who is also going to be in the equation. as They view him as their backup point to start the year coming in, but recognize that he could win the job in training camp. Okay. So I've said this before. I like the Schroeder signing in and of itself. They get him for the minimum. This is a guy they like. They traded for him, then they tried to extend him. Now they get him back for the minimum. He is a guy who has won them games. He's also been a guy that's disappeared. But when you're playing on a minimum salary, Mm -hmm. if you disappear, okay, you're a minimum player. You don't have an $80 million. It's not like you're making $47 million. (laughs) So 
I like the signing. What I don't understand is how it fits in. Schroeder is a poor outside shooter. He shot in the neighborhood of like 31% last year. Austin Reeves, who I think the whole Laker fan base likes. Great find. Another Heady player. Another very good find by the Lakers scouting staff and Rob Palenka. He shot 32% as a rookie from three. Patrick Beverly, I know that there are years in his career where he has shot well from three, but last year was not one of them. And the year before he was not, he's gone down three years in a row, and last year was his worst year. Now, again, maybe playing with LeBron and AD, playing out there, maybe he will rise back up. But I'm just, I'm just here to tell you. Yeah. Lonnie Walker, their, uh, you know, their, their mid-level exception guy they brought in, he had his worst year as a three-point shooter last year also. 2%, yeah. I think. Right. Um, I'm sorry. Like, this is not how you win in the modern NBA, and it's not how you win with LeBron James. You just don't. I mean, McMahon, you were over there in Germany watching these games. Germany was great. They made it to the final four of the mm-hmm. Eurobasket. Dennis Schroeder was on, on the all-tournament team. Yeah. And the teams were backing off of him because they were like, they no, there, there was a, a game when they lost against, uh, I believe it was, I think it was Slovenia. You know, he said in the postgame press conference, I got to hit a bleeping shot. Yeah. And there is just, there's, and, and what you have on this team is not only is it's a lack of shooting, but how many guys are you going to put on a roster with LeBron James that need the ball in their hands or their, also, their minuses, they're you know? Small. It's it's Russ, it's Schroeder. I mean, there's nobody who can play off of LeBron. That's the thing. Like you know, I and Juan Toscano Anderson is, you know, he can defend, but he's not a shooter. He's not a shooter. So like, I do think that they got more athletic on defense, which was an absolute. Troy Brown Jr. You know, Um, affordable pickup, some upside. He's he's a minimum player. I mean, you know. Wes Matthews, a guy that the Lakers let go, signs for a minimum with Milwaukee last year and is great. Sometimes minimums work out. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. most of the time, minimums are the minimum. And guess what happens if these things don't work out, they don't mesh, they don't congeal. LeBron takes it upon himself to figure it out. In doing so, he can still do spectacular things. I don't think LeBron James will fall too far off the production he had last year. Maybe not 30 points per game, but still be a very effective NBA player. But in doing so, he will put his body more at risk because he will right. take on a bigger role. And guess what happens? If he gets hurt again, it's kaput. It's, yeah. you know, you can start looking ahead to 23, 24 already. Yeah, and LeBron for so long, for a generation plus, was just incredibly durable. But it's impossible to be that durable this long into a career having played the most minutes in NBA history. It's just well, not humanly possible. I just possible. think that even if it all works – even if Beverly does prove to be adept at wing defender, even with like, because there are stats that show that Russell Westbrook shot 40% in corner threes. I know he didn't take that many. I think it was two of five. Was it, I <laughs> mean, it was a little, more, <laughs> it's a little more than that. But I, you know what? I, I, I was like, wait a minute. Is it really that <laughs> maybe he does. Maybe he does run into the corner and shoot threes. I mean, like 40% maybe go more, in, 40% like, hit the side of the backboard. What's, what's the top end? What's the top end? Is the top end ninth place? I, I, no, I, I think top end. Like, if this thing goes. Totally right. I bet you could hope for. You're the sixth seed. Yeah, if, if LeBron and AD are healthy and play at the level that we've seen them before, I think it's a playoff team. I don't think it's a team that advances in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, AD has posted his workouts, so it must be going great. But, I mean, AD has appeared to have been focused. They've had a long offseason, longest offseason in years to rest. Um, so we'll see. And, you know, Darvin Ham. 
he has been prepared for this moment. A lot of people like him a lot. I respect his mind. Um, we'll see. I just look at this roster, and I just can't believe that this is the way they honestly want to play. I, I suspect by February it may look very different, maybe even by December. So, all right, Dave, thank you very much. Enjoy you, the Brian. with the Lakers. We'll be talking to you. Hopefully I can avoid Tim for a couple more months. <laughs> I like your chances. See you at Top Golf tonight. <laughs> if only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Okay, now we're joined by Kendra Andrews, who covers the Warriors for us, based in San Francisco. How's it going, Kendra? It's pretty good. So you are going, I believe, to Tokyo with the Warriors and Wizards for two games in about a week here. I am, exactly one week. First uh, global games that we've had since 2019. I think you might have a better Tokyo experience <laughs> than I did during the Olympics last year. Um, what are you looking forward to with the Warriors on that yeah. trip? Well, I was gonna say sushi, but like I don't. Mm. That part doesn't really include the Warriors, so still the sushi, I think. But you know, it's it's gonna it's preseason, right? How much can you really take away from preseason? How much can you take away from them playing the Wizards? And it's gonna give the first glimpse, I think, at where this team is at coming off of that championship. Most notably, James Wiseman, mm. right? We saw him play in summer league. That was the first time we've seen him play in a year and a half, but that was with the Summer League team. To be honest team. with you, that is what I want to watch. I, I'm interested. <laughs> I know Wiseman was kind of, I think he averaged like 10 and 5. Yeah. He did have some high profile, he did have some like, he was blocking shots, protecting the rim. Wiseman, to me, is one of the most interesting people to watch in the league. I've been a, intrigued with his talent for years now, mm -hmm. but he has played, I think, 39 games in his whole career. Right. Had two knee surgeries last season. And it's not just Wiseman, but also Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. I mean, part of this early part of the season for the Warriors is how, what do they have in these young guys? We know what they have in their stars, but what these young guys have is going to frame this season a lot. And it's going to be the first time that we see this this young group and this already solidified group fully together, right? Because we did see glimpses of Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody with Steph and those guys last year. We haven't seen James Wiseman with it. You're going to add in Jordan Poole. So when we're talking about this Warriors win now, invest in the future, how do we balance it? This is the first time that we're actually going to see the complete group of both of those conversations play together. And you're talking about, you know, the, the future with those guys and what's the foundation maybe look like in the years after Steph and Draymond. 
and Clay. Wiseman is is particularly fascinating because you know I think they're going to obviously ha- have to give him time, have to give him you know some some minutes, some space to uh, develop the season to show what he has. But there could be a very fascinating and you know perhaps uh, difficult decision for Steve Kerr and that front office to make as they're getting closer to the playoffs. Because I'll be honest with you, last year when there was still discussion about Will Weissman might be coming back, he might be coming back, it's like, man, I don't think Steve Kerr and those guys want him coming back this year. Like, And so is he going to progress enough to where they're going in the playoffs and he's seen as a guy who can contribute to a championship run? Or is it going to be, uh, hey, this number two pick – in his third season is not good enough to crack our playoff rotation. They, yeah, I mean, that would be not good, but they can afford it if it's not. They have mm-hmm. to find out what they've got in mm-hmm. him. You just, Kendra, you just don't see guys that big with that kind of skill set very no. often. No, I mean, his the, his touch around the rim is incredible. The way he can move, like his mobility and yeah. agility for a guy who's over seven feet tall, you really don't see. He told me at Summer League, he put on seven to 10 pounds of mm-hmm. muscle. He was a big guy before, but his shoulders are insanely big. The The feel that he has, it's there. It's about the nuances of the game and figuring out. Like we saw it with, with Kaminga and Moody this past season, the Warriors really did scale back their roles. Do the simple stuff. We don't want you doing all that. And they're going to ask the same of, of Wiseman. So I think, first off, for the people thinking he's going to automatically come in and just be their starting center, be it, that's not the case. They're going to bring him along slowly to get the feel, but but it's all there on paper. Can he just bring it out to the game because he hasn't had the chance to do it? Let's talk a little bit about the extension situations. Yeah. The, the, the Warriors have three extension-eligible players. Uh, one is Jordan Poole, who's on the last year of his rookie deal. That has a deadline of October 15th, give or take. I'm, might be the 14th. 17th. 17th? Okay, you're on top of it. <laughs> um, the other is Andrew Wiggins, who's going the last year of his contract to like 33, 35 million. He's extension eligible. He can sign an extension up to June 30th, but ideally you would negotiate one before the season, but it doesn't have to be. We saw extensions midseason last year. Um, and then the other one is Draymond Green. Draymond has a year left, but it's a player option. Uh-huh. Draymond has already hinted on podcasts that he would like a big extension. Um, <laughs> hinted, huh? <laughs> uh, Very sad. The, the Warriors are facing, uh, with luxury taxes, a payroll between 350 and 400 million this year. Um, this is, uh, you know, a rich person's problem, obviously, because <laughs> they have a great team, they have a championship team. A bunch of those guys have four rings. But I wonder how much of a, of a thing this is going to be if there's not an extension. And I, and I will see on Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be surprised if they extended Wiggins and, and Draymond. And I'm going to tell you why. We're negotiating a collective bargaining agreement right now. It's possible that collective bargaining agreement will have new rules on the tax. Both the repeater tax, the penalty, could even favor the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I won't get into the weeds, but there's some things that the Warriors would definitely like. You know, the Warrior, one of the things the Warriors have, have talked about, Kendra, and you've heard this, is that the Warriors think there should be a tax break on teams who, who if you're paying guys who you drafted, right. which would favor the Warriors, which is why I think it will get voted down. But it's something that is... Right, despite the fact that it is fair. I'm sorry. Why should they be penalized because they hit on a seventh overall pick and an 11th no, I, I agree, and but, a 30 But uh, the, the reality is, is that the, the salaries have gotten out of whack. Um, the teams no longer care about the repeater tax. 
When the repair tax was put in in 2011, the understanding would be that no one was going into that. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe somebody put their toe into it. The Warriors have blown into it. <laughs> Head first, and the, and, the, um, and the Clippers are, have a bigger payroll this year than the Warriors. They're not in the repeater tax, but they will be there. And I'll just say this, just to, to frame this. Um, the Steve Ballmer, who owns the Clippers, mm -hmm. who play right behind us here. For now. He makes $850 million a year just on his Microsoft dividends. He doesn't care about repeater tax. No. So before any other investment income, <laughs> before whatever else he's got invested in, before the Clippers yeah. sell one ticket, before he gets one uh, outlay from the uh, TV contracts, mm -hmm. the man makes $850 million just in one stock holding. Now, granted, he is the largest individual stockholder in Microsoft. He's got, even got more than Bill Gates, and I don't blame him, and I wouldn't sell any of it. Um, so that's why the Clippers could do that. But the, the Warriors' advantage is that they have an arena that pumps out money, mm -hmm. and they have uh, an ownership that has been willing to. And you know, I've been attacked. I've, been, I've upset Warriors fans before because I've talked about how their money is uh, is a big was a big weapon. That it's it's not as big a weapon as Steph Curry. I agree. Their biggest weapon is Steph Curry. They have a lot of weapons. Part of their weapon is their money, and. Um, but I also want to point out that Joe Lacob and Peter Goober and all their other owners, but Joe Lacob and Peter Goober, were willing to sell off a piece of the team to finance the back end of Steph Curry's mm -hmm. run. That is something that is generally not seen in the modern era. Right. Um, but okay, all that aside, Kendra, <laughs> um, do you, how much do you think the extension thing will be at issue at all, especially in the preseason? Uh, I think first when you look at Jordan Poole, right, you said – he has a deadline, right? The other two guys, that's that's a year, two years down the line. Jordan Poole on October 17th. And the thing is, when you get to these non-max rookie extensions. I think he might want. He might want. <laughs> he might not he, want he, a non-max. Yeah. But, but yeah. those things come down to the wire, right? right. You, those you right. conversations really pick up a couple days before that deadline. So that's what I think is going to happen. As you said, they have meetings. They're doing all these other things. Those conversations have have started, right? They've had those conversations with Jordan Poole and his representation, but they haven't picked up yet. Yeah. The Deadlines same goes, it. yeah, they, it forces it. And then same goes for Andrew Wiggins. That deadline's even further. And then Draymond Green, I mean, come on. Like, that's something that, get through Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins first, and then when it's actually that year where you're confronted and you have to figure out Draymond Green, and is he worth that max extension? Because how old is he gonna be by the time that that it's time He's to worth sign a lot that. of money but yeah the max i don't know right so uh. cross the bridge when they when they get there and i think the fact that the draymond green conversation is happening already it's it's because it's, draymond's yeah, it's because draymond it's green started new media. That's, <laughs> yeah. <what it> is. <laughs> that's right new media thank you draymond yeah, I, was, I don't think anything's and, and, subtle and, about and, draymond and <laughs> you just laid out exactly why it makes sense to kind of proceed in that order yeah <laughs> but draymond is the loudest yes he is the yeah. one who certainly has the most potential and ability to rock the boat. And so, you know, that's why that's the one that I'm most interested to see how it plays out. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of teams next year who have cap space set up, way more than there were in the summer of 2022. Um, one of them is the Lakers. Mm. Uh, if there is no extension when the season starts, which again, I, ex I would educatedly guess that there won't be for Draymond or Wiggins, mm -hmm. maybe for Poole. Um, will Draymond 
have a little dip his toes in some water as the season goes along. You know, oh boy, the Lakers' future is so bright. <laughs> they just need a veteran forward in here. You know, oh boy, he, he could really. The Detroit come Pistons have a great looking future. It, you know, yeah. being back in my home state, it's it's just great to see that the Pistons have a great future. Will he? Do a little tweaking as the I think. I think Draymond, if he came to the Lakers, would really help them in some clutch situations. <laughs> um, Kendra, what else are you looking forward to with the Warriors this year? Oh man, I mean, I think again when you look back at, at this past championship run, the thing that was coming out of the Warriors after that that win was this one felt different than than the other the other three and during sweet. the dynasty. You could tell how much they loved it. Right. And so I'm interested to see how much they build off of that. The big conversation from the outside was well, how much gas does, does Steph what's their window, right? What how much does Steph have left? How much does Draymond have left? I've been told that Steph in his summer workouts right now is looking incredible. They say there's no reason why he shouldn't pick up yeah. right Kendra, where he left off. I think this window is wide open. Yeah. So I am very curious to see exactly that. Yeah. How are, how, let's see how long this window I, I, goes. I just put it this way. Like, you know, we can't predict injuries, but I would say that if they don't win again, mm-hmm. I, it won't be because they got old. It's because of competition. This competition yeah. is so tough. Yeah. But, um, but we've been talking a lot about the West, and uh, thank you for stopping by. Have a great time in Tokyo. Maybe thank we'll you. talk to you while we're there if you have any free time. Of course, it's like a 12-hour difference. It's really strange. Um, thanks okay. a lot. Yeah, thank you. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Okay, now joined by Om Youngmasuk, our LA-based reporter who covers the Clippers, amongst other things in the NBA. This is your office behind us. Yeah. Crypto. Earlier in the pod, I called it Staples Center. Did you? I have to put money in the jar. <laughs> I have to put. I have to put crypto. I have to put Bitcoin in the jar. No, it, it's not worth years, nearly as much as it was a while ago. That's true. In a few years, it'll be the Intuit Dome. Yes, the Clippers. The uh, Clippers is that two more years here? Two more years, I think. Yeah. yeah. A few years ago, I got um, leaked, the, about four or five years ago, I got leaked to the books, the NBA books, and um, like what, they, what all the teams make. And the Clippers just made vastly less money than the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Like It was like $20 million less a year, and that was um, you know, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could see why they could do the math on their own. I building. mean, those 12 o'clock starts are not good for them on yeah. Saturday. So it's not good for anyone. Uh, I hate getting up for those 12 o'clock starts. And, the, and apparently the Clippers do too, because they, they sleepwalk through those games. Yeah. 
Um, so the Clippers, uh, installed by quite a few people as the favorites to win the West. Um, Ramona Shelburne had a remarkable stat that she said on NBA Today today, where she was talking about how people mock Anthony Davis for his mm-hmm. injuries. Uh, Charles Barkley calls him, uh, doesn't he call him Anthony Street Clothes or something like yeah. that? Uh, over the last three seasons, he's played 138 games, which is more than Kawhi or Paul George. Yeah, but there's uh, to me, there's a difference, though. Okay, If you're missing games here and there because you're constantly hurt with these little small nagging injuries, that's one thing. And I think that's where Anthony Davis gets a lot of his grief. Kawhi Leonard missed the whole season with a torn ACL. I, I get it. The point I'm, no, I agree with you. I'm not making. I'm just saying that they've barely played. They haven't they barely played. Yeah. I mean, look, if if Kawhi doesn't blow out his knee in that game, the Clippers might have won the title. Yes. Right? I don't know if they beat the Bucks, but like Kawhi was playing some of the best ball. Like, I mean, of course the Clippers got behind because that's what they do, mm-hmm. but. That game, you were there at that game, right? Where you, what was the game? I wasn't, I wasn't at the game, but it was against the Jazz. Yeah, it was against the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Clippers still came back and won yeah. that series, but obviously without. No, Kawhi. but the previous series. Oh, the was, previous series when they beat the Mavericks. Yeah, that's what I'm talking Mavericks about. Yeah. But he had an incredible series. Oh in my goodness! That, yeah. His game six. That's what I'm talking about. And so remember, the Mavs got. Like up he had like 42. Yeah, 40 some odd, and yeah. was guarding Luca down the stretch. Yes. I mean, it was maybe the best playoff performance of Kawhi's career and I understand what a mouthful that is Mm -hmm. you know given the hardware that guy has well so the thing about the Clippers obviously is health um over the last you know they knew that next last year was going to kind of be a transition year without Kawhi and they set to work to build the depth on their roster home uh they are deep they're the deepest team in the NBA I was just taking a look at the roster and I was thinking Ty Lue has a legit 11 guys that he should play. Uh, and I was just wondering, like, what is he going to – I mean, you're talking almost like Luke Kennard is almost at the bottom of that. <laughs> Luke Kennard led the league in three-point shooting right. this past season. So it's like, you know, the, the Terrence Manns are, are probably still going to be part of the rotation, but every night, what is he going to do with Robert Covington? Uh, Nick Batum is going to be a part of that rotation. Ivica Zubats could be, you know, who has been a key starter for them and has given them good minutes since they're only real big. They're going to be nights where he's not playing in that fourth quarter because Ty Lue falls in Listen. love with these small lineups that he likes to – his envision, he's told me this, he envisions five guys out there that can all switch and guard any position. Yeah. And he can do it. He yeah, can do it sure. with this Clippers lineup. Well, I mean, I really liked when I saw it at Brandon Boston last year. I don't know how he's going to get on the game. No, yeah. I mean, that. so um, I talked earlier in the pod, or actually it hasn't, we already recorded it, but maybe it hasn't come out yet. So I, but we just give a little window into our procedure here. Sorry. Um, I have talked in the past about how much money the Warriors spend. Mm-hmm. The Clippers spend, their payroll this year is $198 million before taxes. Um, and this is what I mean by building the depth. Um, they have not only have they signed a bunch of role players, but they've mm-hmm. signed them to a bunch of contracts that are tradable yes. in, yeah. in use. And not only that, but because they're a couple of years off of the big trade that they made with the Thunder to acquire uh, Paul George, they actually have some distant first-round picks that they can add. And so they are, you know, the, the, and I keep bringing this up because I think that there is going to be what I suspect will happen this year. There are too many good teams. Too many teams uh, are invested in winning. The lottery is very good, and my suspicion is that some team, one to three teams, are going to get into January and realize it ain't happening for us. 
and we need to retrofit. And I think there's going to be some teams that are sellers in midseason. Mm-hmm. And so the, what I think is that, you know, there could be a trade or two midseason that could really affect this. So Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both make $43 million. By the way, this is a strange little thing. Paul George makes $72, $76 more than Kawhi does this year. $76. <laughs> I think Kawhi let it be, okay that. let it be known. Some other players might not. Some other alpha players might not be good that. <laughs> That's think, true. Um, so they have the following players under contracts between 10 and $16 million. Norman Powell, two-way wing, valued. Marcus Morris, combo forward, didn't have a great year last yeah. year, but mm-hmm. has value. Luke Kennard, who is a shooter, has value. And we're not talking about guys who are trading for Kevin Durant, but yeah. uh, Robert Covington. The instant they signed him to that contract extension last year, I was like, well, that's signed to be yeah. traded. The guy gets traded every about nine months <laughs> yeah. anyway. Reggie Jackson, Nick Batum, Ivica Zubac, and they also signed Terrence Mann. He, his contract doesn't – he had signed an extension mm-hmm. that doesn't go up, but he's on a, a, an attractive tradable contract. And then, of course, they have Brandon Boston, who's young but was an attractive piece. Yeah. So in addition to them having all of these different guys that they can play on, which is what Ty Lue's job is to figure it out – they could improve throughout the season. Yeah, and that's the thing that's so smart about them. When they acquired Norm Powell, I remember telling someone in the front office with the Clippers, you guys got Robert Covington? You could trade him, like, right now. You could swap him for something else before the trade deadline. Yeah, that trade. He's an asset. That's a classic example. They were not really going anywhere last year, although they weren't, like, you know, they, they hadn't given up hope. Mm-hmm. But that trade was a midseason trade. They took on a whole bunch of money yeah. with, uh, with the Blazers. And they did it because they could. Because they had, you know, they, they don't have to worry about money. Yeah, they sound like Eric Bledsoe in that trade. Eric Bledsoe and Justice Winslow. Um, the Clippers have been very smart about trying to kind of replenish their assets. They don't. They gave up a lot of first-round picks for Paul George, but they now have all these manageable contracts that they can ship out in packages. They have second-round picks, I believe, and they got some distant first-round picks. So if they want to improve, they can. But this roster, like of, of 15 deep. I think the Clippers are going to actually need to use that early mm-hmm. in the season. Their first three months is jam-packed with games. They got 15 back-to-backs. 11 of them come before February 1. So that I is wonder a how of much of that is games. because they have disadvantageous. They have like they're sort of sitting third at the at the table yeah, at Crypto and building. Yeah, because yeah. the Kings also the LA Kings yes. who actually were actually sort of own the yeah, building. Yeah, own the building. Yeah. So so I think what you're going to see is. A minutes restriction, probably. Uh, Definitely. For Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. John He'll have Wall. a minutes restriction the rest of his career. John Wall has played 40 games in three seasons. Right. Uh, he's worked out a that's lot. A, that's a free role. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but, you know, these are guys that, you know, you're going to have to manage them. And I think this is this has become like a broken record for the Clippers, okay? But we talk about this every time come playoff time. Where's their chemistry? Where's their health? And because you have all these guys, Ty Lue's going to – I can hear Ty Lue already saying it already. Well, I didn't have these guys and these guys, and I'm mixing and matching, but we got to get our chemistry right come playoff time. The Clippers are probably going to have that same issue, but it's a good issue to have because they have so many guys. We talk about going into camp. Who's going to be their starting point guard, Reggie Jackson or John Wall? I think it's going to be Reggie Jackson. Um, keeps them in a good state of mind. You know, he's been a big contributor for them. Bring John Wall off the bench. I have John no Wall. idea what John Wall's going to do. I yeah. just want to be clear. I have no idea. I mean, he looks good on those videos, but everybody looks Listen, good on those John videos. Listen, John Wall, he only played 40 games for the Rockets, but he still has juice. There's still yeah. gas left in the tank. He, 
he's not perennial all-star John Wall. You're not, He'll you're never not, be you, that you, guy you don't again. Say. But for a for a taxpayer mid level, less than that wasn't it? Or did they I give him? I think it was a taxpayer okay. mid level. Like, dude, that's a that's a nice addition. He's he's going to be able to uh, definitely push the pace. You know, he's a great passer. I, I think he's going to help them. But I, I agree with you, Ohm. It's it, yes, it is about having the ability to maybe put together some trade package. Yes, certainly, uh, it's it's nice to have that kind of flexibility, those kind of options. It's nice to have the ability to play a lot of different ways, a lot of different smiles. They can or styles. They can play. You know, they can play traditional big. They can go, and it's not even small ball. It's you know, just, long ball. Yeah, six, seven across the board. They, they can play all these different styles. So you know, you can go matchup by matchup once you get to the playoffs. But it's also this depth is going to allow them to kind of pace themselves throughout the season. When you know, right now, you know. Kawhi's going to sit out 15 or 20 games, yeah. even if he's completely healthy. Yeah, you know, Kawhi George should never too. play a back-to-back again in his career. There's no point in it. And he should be on a minutes restrictions till the playoffs. And now if, when Kawhi's sitting out because it's a back-to-back, there's quality players that are filling yeah. those minutes. You know what I think I can see them looking at come trade deadline is an athletic shot blocker. They don't really have that. Zoo is their one big guy. Well, that's they, what they always want. That's what they wanted Ibaka to be. Right. But they'll, just, they'll need help on the glass, rebounding. They'll need somebody to block shots and kind of intimidate inside. And so, you know, if, if somebody comes open, come trading online, they, I could see them pouncing on something like that. Yeah. So they're going to be a team that we're going to be watching very closely. Another team that you spend a lot of time keeping an eye on and we're going to talk about right now is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets, again, one of the more fascinating teams, like the Clippers, bringing back star players. So Jamal Murray um, is now – so he had the injury, I believe, in April or – April. April of uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he is, you know, 18 months off the ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Porter Jr. with the back injury, another back surgery. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but he's a year off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not quite Last a year. October. Right. Yeah, almost a year. Last October, November? Last November, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I just, he, he played a little bit last year. Yeah. He looked terrible. Yeah, I think he, he played until early November. Um, Jokic looked good in the Euro basket. He's, I, I think Jokic is still going to be a pretty good basketball he's player. Still good. I think so, Jamal Murray is going to get back, maybe not early in the season, but I, I, I'm confident Jamal Murray will get back to being a legit co star. Michael Porter Jr., to me, I'm a massive skeptic. And, yeah. it, and, you know, you're talking about multiple back surgeries. I think three. Yeah. How's yeah. he going to be able to move? And then also just like, listen, the back wasn't the only red flag on him. He's not the yeah. only reason. That's not the only I know, reason but I will say this. Like, the contract is a problem, but at the end of the day, so the Nuggets are going into the tax for the first time in a long time. The contract is a problem, but at the end of the day, they don't need him to be a superstar. They need him to be a supporting star right yeah I, I so th- this is what i've heard so far a and you just saw Nikola Jokic in europe right uh i hear he is in great shape uh he came in he came into camp last year in phenomenal shape the two-time mvp is uh, is said to be in as good a shape as he's been this is what i've been told uh that they have the nuggets have been sending you know uh my dude felipe eichenberger he is their strength and conditioning guy the nuggets kept going yeah to serbia. he's been going out to serbia <laughs> they've been sending waves of guys out there to make well, yeah. sure the that, nuggets like made a know. big trip to serbia to give him his yes. mvp yes mm-hmm. it's kind of never yeah. good when you yeah. don't they, get to they're racking him, up the, they're racking up the mileage then they went back over <laughs> in moss yeah to give him the contract extension yeah 
And they're still <laughs> they kept, they, out, yeah, they're still going out there. Is there so, a nonstop from Denver? So to, he's. Uh, Belgrade to, I, to I'm still hearing board? the MVP is in terrific shape and ready to go. Jamal Murray, I hear, is good to go. He will probably be on. He and MPJ will probably be on a minutes restriction when the season starts, but they are ready to go for camp. Michael Porter Jr. I think was out here in Los Angeles working out with guys from her, like Jason Tatum, and some other guys, and kind of holding his own, which I think is good for his his you know his mental game to know that you know he can be back and he can still hold his own. I think it's a matter of time before Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. just don't think about their injuries and just play. And I think that's going to be important for but, but we're talking about, like, I was crunching Jokic's numbers the other night. And Jokic, you know, had a historic season. Mm-hmm. But now he's going to get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back. Right. 3D guy in KCP. Athletic yeah, guy in Bruce extended. Brown. Okay. Yeah. Bones Highland now. Bruce Brown, an underrated signing. I, I like I love him and KCP because they yeah. needed some yeah. guys who were – you Versatile know, deep, defenders. Yeah, and then yeah. KCP spaces it. Yeah. You know, Bruce Brown, obviously not as much. Although he's I mean, Bruce Brown in a pick and shooter. roll with Jokic, that could be nice it to watch. Bruce Brown can do right? a lot of different things. Yeah, Bones And Highland. by the way, you're talking pick and roll with the seven-footer with the ball yes. in his hands. Yes, yes. 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 Yeah. They, uh, they, they traded Monty Morris to get um, – to get KCP, yeah. um, well, it was a vote of confidence in uh, Bones Highland, who was their first round last year. Yeah, really I think Bones Highland now kind of feels that, like, you know, Will Barton was kind of like this guy that needed to create on offense, and now I think Bones is going to have the ball in the second unit and really kind of create mm-hmm. and score. Uh, they're going to be nights nice when Jamal Murray doesn't play. He's probably going to take, you know, maybe some yeah. back-to-backs off. Yeah. Bones Highland's going to come in and be thought of. And, look, they got, like, an Ish Smith to kind of be that backup point guard on nights when Bones, Bones has to start, things like that. So I think this is a – I think this is a team that's going to win 50 games or more easily. Oh, I agree. Okay? I shockingly looked the last three seasons, the, the Nuggets did not win 50 games. And, yeah. then, yes, they did have a lot of injuries. But you can make the argument that even though Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are coming back and are going to score a little bit more, I think Jokic's numbers could actually get better. Like, there's only been, I think, three guys that have won three MVPs in a row. It's exactly. like Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain. Um, I'm missing one more person that I'm blanking out on. Did Kareem win three in a row? I don't know. He won six. Yeah. But it's hard. The, the The bar for the third one is yeah. very high. Yeah. We've seen it with other players like LeBron. If he Giannis. wins f- 55 games, which would be like a seven-game improvement from last season, Listen. and his numbers go up. His, the bar, you know, you, I, I'm just going to tell you right in, right in advance. Even if he has the exact same numbers from last year and the, and the Nuggets win a few more games, it's not going to – You can't You can't talk about Jokic MVP with – the campaign, the <laughs> campaign manager against him. All right. Like First this off, is this is when he'll start cussing. He's going to turn red every time you mention Jokic is an MVP. When he gets all upset, it's I. Oh my! I thought I, I warned you about this. I thought MVP. I warned you about this. before no, you didn't you came warn on. Me. I no. voted for him. For see MVP. how red he's getting. I vote. I'm in the sun. I voted for him for MVP two years ago, and last year I voted for MB, and I voted him second. Is that an insult? Why is that a problem? You're the one with the problem. It's <laughs> your problem. You brought it you're up. The one, you're the one with the problem, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Uh, all right, Owen, we look forward to talking to you throughout the season. Enjoy it. Thanks for having me, guys. Sorry that there's no Hawaii or San Diego trip for you this year. Man. Uh, What's Balmer? Yeah. Well, I get Vegas and Seattle. Is Balmer getting oh, stingy? Right. He's not giving you a, a beach trip. Oh, I already camp? told Ty Lue when I saw him at Summer League. I said, okay, I get it. This year we're going to Vegas. That's your home. Then we're going to Seattle. That's Balmer's home. But next year, no, back. Back to Hawaii. He said, okay, done. <laughs> All right. Thanks, all. Thanks.
And now we welcome Andrew Lopez, New Orleans-based NBA reporter. We're just talking, McMahon, you have a dog. You, McMahon went to Slovenia for two weeks, did some great podcasts. Slovenia and Germany. Slovenia and Germany. And when you came back, you had a dog. That'll teach you about informed. going away for two was, weeks in I the offseason. Well, let's be real honest. I don't have a whole lot of scene control when I'm home either. <laughs> I mean, That's <laughs> true. He is a married man now, Andrew. Um, so the Pelicans uh, had one of the most fascinating regular seasons I can remember. Yep. Uh, one in 13? One in 12 start. One three, in 12. And, three in 16. Three in 16. And yet there I was, you and I, in the playoffs with standing mm. ovations. Um, and Jose Alvarado Jose chance. Jose Alvarado. Um, uh, what? Grand Theft Alvarado. That's Grand Theft that's Alvarado. Great. That's a top five great. nickname in the league right now. Yeah. And then whenever he gets a steal, they chant Jose. Jose, 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 Jose. Yeah. yeah. That was so. great. Uh, what a journey last season was without Zion playing one lick. So Zion signs a big extension this offseason and apparently is ready to go, right? That's the word? That is the word. He is, he is ready to go. He has been working out on his own uh, ever since he has been officially cleared. You didn't see McMahon's uh, I heard the, McMahon's. The, the folks on YouTube I heard the, the nostrils. Is, 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 uh, is Zion and uh, his stepfather slash advisor aware, like the Pelicans have a whole staff of people who are experts in their field? And might be able to like assist him in things like offseason workouts. They they do, and okay. he has now taken he has at least taken steps. Uh, he is now working with Jasper Bibbs, his strength and conditioning coach. He has a chef. Uh, he has taken steps now to improve his body, so we don't have a situation where he is only playing 80, 85 games in a three year stretch or missing an entire season. So hopefully those steps are. Hopefully we'll he's not the, shooting any more commercials with the chips and the Mountain Dew. That's no that that's that had to be like weeks post surgery, and which but is which still, is why he is like you can't even see a leg that is probably has a boot on it. It wasn't a great look. No, not he, fantastic. He, you know, no. I, I know he's selling Mountain Dew, but and I know that you know he probably couldn't run around and dunk, but you know. Um, anyway, um, so the Pelicans are a team that got into the playoffs through the play-in. Mm-hmm. Um, there's huge excitement around them. They had a great rookie class last yeah. year, specifically uh, with Jose Alvarado and um, Herb Trey, Jones. Trey Murphy. Trey Ray Murphy is an upwardly mobile uh, perimeter shooter who played more and mm-hmm. more. So they've got good young players. They've got good veteran players. The midseason trade for C.J. McCollum worked out. Uh, Larry Nance. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Nance, Nance and McCollum are both eligible for extensions um it would not surprise me if they had a good chance of getting those done um we'll see it's not vital yeah i I did not like the cj mccollum trade at all and you know i said as much when it happened i was wrong i retract that um he was not something else you say now that you're married uh i've learned that growth is amazing mcmahon it's been amazing to watch so i thought it was a a silly win now move for a team that didn't have a chance and then they got in the playoffs, and now it's like, hey. He was not great in the playoffs, though, by the way. Okay, but he was a, ma- a major part in getting them there. And if yeah. he is your number three offensive weapon, yeah. which he would be because Ingram's a stud, and obviously Zion is a you – know, just. When I he's mean, Zion is one of the most athletically freakish – Yeah. I mean, people forget because he hasn't played. I am a – I'm disappointed how Zion's career has gone, but – I was all in on this guy. No, when he's when he's on the floor, he is an 
an absolute offensive wrecking ball. And Brandon Ingram is the closest thing I've seen to Kevin Durant in terms of – We saw that in the playoffs. Right. Um, His playoff stretch, those first few games in Phoenix were just – Incredible what he was doing. Mm-hmm. The, the he's, he's unguardable doing at times, man. When he's got it going, he's unguardable. And I think to to your point about the CJ trade, I think what I think not many people thought about was he had been a two, yeah, his entire NBA career. I mean, yeah, he would play the backup one. If Dame was out, he would play the one. He really got a chance to be the guy mm-hmm. to start the offense, initiate it. And with Zion not there, it is just okay. I'm just playing off of Brandon, trying to get things going. He thrived offensively in that point guard role and 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 you're obviously much closer to the situation watching it from afar it seemed like that group really benefited from having an adult in the room yes 100 percent. and i think zion has benefited from having an adult in the room mm-hmm. when uh, cj told me when they came out here on a west coast trip there were multiple team dinners that they had they would sit right next to each other at the team dinners zion has mentioned uh you know, CJ's kind of put him on game on, on a lot of different things in terms of taking care of his mm-hmm. body, things like that. He has been the adult that this team has needed and searched for since David Griffin got there. I will say that before the CJ trade, there was all of this distance between the organization and Zion, both perceived and reality, including the fact mm-hmm. that he went to Portland the midway right. through the year, which I don't quite understand it, but okay. And since... CJ got there, and I'm not saying it's just because of CJ, but like they've gone back together. And here he is, like he agreed to a contract extension that was favorable for the team. Um, Zion is still going to get paid. It's not like Mm -hmm. he's not protected, but in the event of terrible catastrophe, like he has a bunch more injuries, the the Pelicans are protected. He didn't have to sign that. Correct. But he was very interested in, in staying. And they seemed to, there seems to be, as, there was this real negative feel within the organization yeah. last year um, with Zion out and them off of that bad start, and that has completely flipped around. I just don't know, Andrew, how much, how much more wins it's going to lead to. That's, see, that's the key. So this is a team, like we talked about before, it started 3-16. and 16. So that's to get back into the play-in race, they were 36-33 and 33 after that start. They were an above 500 team with C.J., I think, I think regular season-wise, they maybe only had 15 games, I think, with C.J. and Brandon. Yeah, he got hurt, too. Uh, Brandon had dealt with the hamstring. He was out for a good stretch there late. But, okay, if you take what they were just with C.J. and Brandon, that should be a 44-45 win team if you maybe, yeah. go up. Now you had a guy who averaged 27-7 and seven on 61% shooting right. to and, that group. And you've got guys who should – you know, there should be improvement. You know, guys who contributed as rookies, well, Herb Jones, they get better. Trey Murphy. Yeah, those guys get better as Also, as you know go. what I've been talking about for all these pods? They have up. They have the ability to make a deal. Yes. Yeah. They have extra picks. They have young players that are attractive. And the guy that I think would likely potentially be traded in a deal would be Devontae Graham, the guy that they signed. Um, he's because of Alvarado's emergence. Um, right, he might be a guy that might be available. Well, I barely trade. played in the playoffs because he. Well, it's just hard not to play Alvarado. Well, well, yeah. Alvarado. Yeah, Jose gives you harassed. so much more on defense. Right. And the thing about here's the thing about Devonte for them. Yeah, they gave up a first round pick to do that sign and trade, and it was a, a a big deal, especially after not getting a first round pick back for Alonzo Ball from the Bulls. But you signed Devonte Graham to essentially be your two in an offense led by Zion. Yeah. 
that has never happened. Right. You never got to see the version of Devante that you wanted. Right. And then Jose Alvarado emerges. And then you trade for CJ McCollum right. to be your one. It's just not right. a spot for You him. just haven't seen the guy who you tried to sign in the way you wanted to see him. Well, listen, uh, we're going to see. I think Zion is going to be a little more out there. You know, he went like a year between speaking to the media. Yeah. I think we're going to see and hear from him a little bit more, and I just want to see him play. We're going to go through some more teams here that you're familiar with, Andrew. Um, first off, McMahon's hometown team, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, we've talked a ton about them over the mm-hmm. summer. They had a uh, organizationally not a great summer. Um, they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. Let's not forget that. And they have likely leading candidate for MVP who has played – this summer and in theory hopefully is staying in shape in these days right here <laughs> well he played euro basket you know right up until what last week yeah and he had about seven weeks off between the olympics and training camp last year and it was appeared to be seven pretty damn fun weeks yeah uh, i don't think he can do as much damage in two weeks all right so i'd hope not <laughs> that team um jason kidd looked good in his second stint as coach he did some things especially Sorry. from third stint I blocked out the Brooklyn. <laughs> you forgot about Brooklyn. I blocked Brooklyn. out Brooklyn. I was going to say, which one did you block <laughs> out? Year. He's tried, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Uh, he, they got better from, from start to finish that season. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie could have a huge year this year. Um, they are not of the teams. I keep talking about these teams that have stuff to trade. They're not really in that. No, and they still owe a pick on Porzingis. To New York. And, you know, and the thing about the Mavericks, I always say this, they can't use picks to make trades that make them a little bit better. Yeah. They've got to keep those things bundled up. And, you know, they've got a couple of years now before the heat could get turned up. They've got to find their version of the Drew Holiday deal. When you say the heat's yeah. turned up, what do, you, what do you mean there? I mean, listen, everybody understands NBA math, right? So I'll just put the numbers out there. <laughs> Lucas Luca has four years on his contract starting now. Four years plus the player option. We understand that player option doesn't matter. So when there's two years left on a deal, like you know the NBA well, that's math. When, and again, that's I, when he's extend it's when he would extend. Basically. Well it's also when he would have leverage if he decides, hey, I maybe need to find greener pastures. Now, I think that the Mavericks are smart to be patient and, and try to, you know, make the right trade that is a massive uh, addition instead of, you know, desperate kind of, hey, a few more wins here, a few more wins there. Um, and I know Luca wants to win in Dallas, and, and, you know, that's his goal. I don't think he's itching to leave now, but if it's – if the peak of his first uh, – what would it be, first six years, if the peak is a run to the West Finals and, the, and they lose the second-best player right afterwards, that would be problematic. Now, hey, Luca's good enough – to where if they have good health around them, they do have some really nice role players. Your Dorian Finney-Smith, your Reggie Bullocks. They've extended guys, too. They extended uh, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. The Finney-Smith deal might be one of my favorite deals. Yeah, Finney-Smith is in the league. Finney-Smith, Finney he's just a, a phenomenal, you know, kind of prototypical glue guy. Great guy in the locker room. Shoots the three at a, at a, at a really good rate. Moves the ball. Does, never complains about touches. And guards the the other either the first or second best player. Reggie Bullock's the same type of guy. Yeah. They've got two of those guys. They need maybe the biggest wild card in the Western Conference to pay off, and I'm talking about Christian Woods. And that's there's talent. 
you know, I, I see the look and I've seen that look from scouts. There's <laughs> talent there. Um, how he accepts what appears to be a six-man role yeah. is, is, is going to be fascinating. Um, he finally has a chance to prove that he can be a major part of a winning team. I mean, Luca should get him looks. He's like, oh, you, yeah. you like wide open threes and, and lobs? You're going to get plenty of them. And he's excited about that. I just think he'd be more excited if he's a 36-minute starter than a 28-minute six-man. But they promised JaVel McGee the starting job. I will, for Christian Wood, I mean, at some point you ask yourself, why has he been on so many teams as talented mm-hmm. as he is? Even when he started getting good, teams were like, well, Detroit's like, okay, I, we'll I send watched him to it. I, I, I mean, I watched it firsthand in New Orleans. He had those those 10 games. Where he was, I think he was a 20-10 and 10 guy for the end of the season. That was the end of the – the Anthony Davis. Oh, I don't. I only have to play twenty that's minutes. All, folks. I only have to play twenty minutes a game. I'm not going to finish that's fourth the, quarters. That's all, folks. Uh, that was yeah. Uh, portion of his career. I think that's all, folks. Night was a fun night. Uh, <laughs> trying to make it to the arena as soon as he walks in like that. Uh, that was yeah, quite crazy. But for Christian, what I, I do like the. I kind of like the idea of him coming off and, and being that six man and playing those twenty eight minutes. You do. I do, but I am not. I am not Christian Wood. I can. Yes. I, I, I am a lot. Like it? A lot shorter than Christian Wood. Um, but to your point, he is going to get those looks with Luca, and I think maybe if it's not those eight minutes a game may not matter to him. But if I'm still going to touch 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 points a game because I'm going to get these open looks, I think that may kind of supersede. Well, that. I, I, I'm. Confident in saying that Christian Wood believes he's the second best player on the Dallas Mavericks, and that he, you know, he is in a contract year. Again, that's just—it's a potentially sensitive situation. It's also a talent that maybe, maybe it does pay off. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about a team that made a major splash this offseason, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. One of the most remarkable trades in NBA history, trading for Rudy Gobert. That trade for Gobert helped. Towns because Carl Towns will now be able to play power forward more. Mm-hmm. He will be able to to stretch the floor a little bit more. He's coming off an All NBA season. He signed a Supermax extension. But the reason they made the trade was because of Anthony Edwards because they believe that Anthony Edwards is their superstar. It was a vote in confidence in him that 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 he is their one. Towns is their two. In my view, I don't know if they would go on the record and say that. Right. And they see Gobert as their three and Gobert in a third position as opposed to a second position potentially could be very different um i'm not 100 percent sure that that arrangement that they are going to be able to deploy their best team in a playoff setting mm-hmm. um and i'm a little bit worried about how carl towns played under pressure at times last season but i certainly am a big believer in anthony edwards um talent i'm when you talk to people in minnesota they're a little bit worried about you know part of the thing that makes him a great player is he's un. He's just he has so much incredible confidence and he's kind of unconscious in that he yeah. doesn't worry what he can't do, he just does it. But some of his decision making on the court and off and the court, court, which we just saw yeah. where he was just fined forty thousand dollars for unfortunate um, comments, that is a little bit worrisome, but there's way more upside the, there the, than the ant man will never be accused of overthinking a situation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look I I really like Anthony Edwards, and I'd like how they have now positioned themselves as this, look, you are our guy. You can take us where we want to go, and we're going to give you all the help that you need. Mm -hmm. And 
you now add the NBA's best defender behind him, best post defender behind him, yeah. and Rudy Gobert, multiple-time Defensive Player of the Year awards. A, a, a defensive it's, system unto himself. I mean, he, <laughs> right. he, he alone got the Utah Jazz – multiple top 10 finishes you could just yeah. you take him away and it was a different offense i mean different defense but ant is i mean if ant makes that jump this is another team who makes a jump into the the fight for home the, court the development of of uh, Jaden mcdaniels is also going to be yes. critical who they and, were able to hold they were very excited they were able to hold on to in that trade right at the expense of probably an extra pick yeah probably but, so hey he is a an athletic six foot ten guy if he can defense yeah he's a he's a you know, really good defensive player, maybe the best defender that, that Gobert's ever been teammates with. If he can become – if he develops as a three-point shooter, I think that's going to make a massive difference for the Timberwolves because there are there there are spacing concerns here. And, you know, Gobert is an elite screener, role man, finisher, offensive rebounder. But, listen, if, you, if you, he's out there with Cat, like – Cat's not just going to be spotting up on the weak side. Like, Cat has to be involved in a lot of the primary action. Chris Finch is a very creative coach. I'm curious to see what he comes up with as far as utilizing Gobert. Um, but still, you got to make sure Cat's touching the ball. Obviously, Edwards thinks so the ball. So, the hands. NBA rank that just came out this week um, Gobert, Ant, and Cat, all three in the top 25. They're the only team in the league to have three guys in the top 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and D'Angelo Russell, who is a bit of a maddening player, but is in the last year of his contract. He's extension eligible. I don't foresee mm-hmm. an extension right. coming there, but he is highly motivated. So um, another team we're going to talk about here, the last team we're going to talk about on this pod, Memphis Grizzlies, number two seed last year. Easy to overlook them because – they go about their business and handle their business, uh, although they run their <laughs> mouths. I was going to say, <laughs> they, they handle their business and they holler about right. it. Right, but they, don't, they didn't make any you know, major splashes this offseason because uh, they're not a team that signs free agents. Well, and they lost, they lost some key pieces. They lost Kyle Anderson they lost to, Kyle Minnesota. to Minnesota. I was going to say. They traded DeAnthony Melton yeah. um, you know, to, to get an extra first-round pick. Right. Those are two guys who were significant contributors last year. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr., it, it's not clear when he will be able to play. That was, an, that was a disappointing uh, you know, situation. He, a guy who's had a lot of injury issues in his career. You know, One, it's not clear when he's going to be able to play, and then like, when's he going to be able to get back in rhythm. And he, you know, he was a legit defense player of the year candidate last year. He didn't have a very good offensive year. You know, the, the, I, the picture of, of Jaron Jackson Jr., the potential of Jaron Jackson Jr. is – He's unicornish offensively. You know, he's a guy who he can he can shoot the three, which he did well early in his career. Really didn't the last you know last year. Barely played the year four. He can uh, create a little bit with the ball in his hands. He can you know he can roll. He can pop. He can run the floor. Uh, they need him to have a bounce back year offensively. Um, but man. I mean, John Moran, maybe the most fun yeah, player so, in the league. So they to did watch. keep Tyus Jones. Think, yeah, Tyus Jones was a guy that a lot of teams love to have as their backup point guard. He was able, he was willing to stay to be the backup, and they extended Ja, which yeah. was a no-brainer, but was good to have done. Mm-hmm. And uh, no opt-out, full five-year Full five-year extension. Years. And, I mean, what a core going forward when you talk about Ja 
Desmond Bain, who made yeah. a massive. He went from being a wow, it's a really nice three and D guy. He got the last pick of the, of the first round to holy crap, this is a legit, you know, potential number two guy on a contender. Um, I would say he's their second best player, and 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 Jackson number three. But that's a heck of a you know, young core. I don't know if there's a better. 20 what you 20, mentioned 324 and under core in the league you mentioned the melton trade where they they picked up the extra first round pick i think that just kind of speaks to how much they they trust their draft process they have nailed yeah. these picks i do think they like zaire williams who was their yeah. first round pick mm-hmm. last year and 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 played for him yeah. played for a 56 win team yeah so you know you know what i'm gonna talk about i'm gonna talk about what they can do they have plus picks they have extra mm-hmm. picks um and they have some guys on last year of their contract who are tradable. Danny Green was was in that um, yeah, Melton trade. trade. He's you know, he's come back from the ACL, but he's basically <laughs> a contract at this point. Mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks, who has played a key role for them, but is in the final year of his contract. He is extension eligible too, um, but potentially available in trade with a pick. And then you know you're, you're talking about it. You can really cook with gas there if you want to mm-hmm. do something down the line. Now, of course, they would say, no, 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 we want Dylan Brooks. We're going to keep Dylan Brooks, but okay. Um, and Steven Adams, also in the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. Now, you'd need another center, and he does play a role for them, but Steven Adams. So they have, they're holding a, an interesting hand. They have all those last year guys. They have picks. They own all their picks. They have extra picks. So, um, and, and they, they have Joe. And they're a team that had the second-best record in the Western Conference last year and, and certainly has the potential for a long window. For Which is a, what they're looking uh, for. Yeah, for, they, for an eight, ten But there was a reason. There were some people that – whispered about them for Durant because they have the type of assets. Yeah. Uh, they really they built this team through the draft. They draft really well. They don't use free agency. They use the draft and trade, specifically the draft. It's hard no, for they me use to use free agency. They remember Chandler Parsons? That's why they don't use free agency. <laughs> um, they well they're not a destination anyway, but um overrated barbecue. I'm not sure they're going to be willing Whoa. to give the overrated barbecue. Whoa. The barbecue's overrated there. It's a Texan saying that. That is a Texan saying Actually, d- d- delete that. I got to go there the first week of October. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, don't delete that. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, McMahon. Thank you to all the folks we had on this podcast. Thank you to our producers here in L.A. We will talk to you very soon. Adios, amigos.